0: It's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you
1: get your podcasts.
0: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
2: That's chaos. I mean, that's yeah. also chaos. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You
3: know, we're method actors.
2: Exactly. <laughs> method podcasting. We're here again. Hello and welcome back to Stadio Podcast Ring FC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? Same as it ever was, Musa. Same as it ever was. I think you're especially good today. Do you know why? It's our 150th episode of it the is. Stadio Podcast. It is. Is that a meaningful milestone?
3: I suppose so. You've got to take them where you can. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, it feels meaningful. 150 episodes. That's really strange. It is strange, uh, which is why we've decided to do something strange for today's episode a conceptual episode yeah
3: we haven't done 150 on the ringer obviously i think we've done 80 odd
2: now yeah
3: 150 since we started a silly little podcast not even two years ago that's a lot of podcasts i think it was august the 5th 2019 we announced
2: that is a lot of conversations about football any regrets (laughs) none that i can mention publicly Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. No, no, for that. No, no.
3: Well, anyway, thanks to everyone who's been with us since the beginning. Thanks to everyone who's been with us since not the beginning. Thanks to everyone who joined us since we went on The Ringer. Thanks to The Ringer for letting us do this properly. Yeah, just thanks to everyone who's checked. i are very, very overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's been amazing, actually.
3: Yeah. Any admin for today, uh, checktheringer.com forward slash soccer. There might be a piece or two up in the week, the next week or two. Uh, don't forget, if you want to check our outros playlist, we play out on a different piece of music every episode, search for Stadio Outros on Spotify, you'll find them all there, the newest one is at the top and apart from that we hope everyone is staying safe, staying well staying healthy staying happy if you can, anyone who sent us emails recently, don't worry we'll get back to them as soon as possible we try to get back to as many as we can Uh, They're a little bit backed up at the moment because we're not actually here. Well, we're here, but we're not really here. Are we ever really here? And that's
2: existential.
3: (laughs) Um, We're kind of trying to squeeze in a few days off here and there over the men's international break. So we've pre-recorded this. The sun is
2: out. A beautiful day in Berlin. Yeah, got to get out and check that out.
3: I will go for my little walk after this. And we're doing a conceptual episode. First one for a while. Yeah. Because there has been so much football to cover that we haven't really had as many opportunities to squeeze in conceptual episodes like we would have liked. We should do more, I think. Yeah. I we think need to so. do another what if. Definitely.
2: It's time. It's definitely time.
3: Uh we need to do the was it the unpressibles?
2: Oh wow. That was a great yeah. one that a listener suggested. Unpressibles, yeah, wow, yeah, okay.
3: But today, we're gonna be doing Our chaotic eleven, we are. There are a few ground rules because rules of chaos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We talk about chaos quite a lot, and we talk about chaotic players quite a lot, and chaotic energy. But we were chatting about this a little bit earlier before we were recording. It's quite easy to make an eleven of chaotic players that players might be in there for reasons that are quite mean.
2: Mm, Right.
3: Yeah. So what we've tried to do is make sure that all of these players are elite. Yes, as elite as possible. There are a couple in there I think who might be a little bit in there for the lulls, but we wanted to swerve the meanness because I don't think that's fair. Yeah. So most of these players on their day, whether they're chaotic or not, they could absolutely torture you. Right. It is a men's 11. We didn't feel that we had the the knowledge or the pool size to do an adequate chaotic women's 11.
2: The proper depth, the years and years of like historical depth. I've picked a coach and a home ground as well. That's great. I struggled. I, I was thinking of a coach but I'll defer to yours because I think your choice would be great. I've got a couple of ideas. I don't
3: know, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it. And yeah, I think the definition of chaos that we've used is kind of fluid in a way.
2: Mm. Right, like chaos itself. Like
3: chaos itself, yeah.
2: You know, in the MCU, you know how like the Infinity Stones, the Reality Stone was so chaotic it wasn't even a stone. Yeah. (laughs) It was like a liquid. It's (laughs) like that. Yes, it's like that. The fluidity. The one thing that unites every player in this eleven and the coach in the ground Every single player that will take the field for the Chaotic 11 we decided upon, I think, must have some level of disrespect to the laws of footballing physics. There's some aspect of their personality, their play, which is just it is chaotic. You're like, mm. wild things will happen around this character or perpetrated by that character. So I think wherever that person is, a chaotic atmosphere of sorts will appear in their wake. So that's my kind of criteria. And that, that made everything a lot clearer for me once I worked through that.
3: Yeah, I picked players who. Their ability could cause chaos, but also just their, their energy or their attitude. Yes, yes, yes. Some of my selections might seem quite sensible, but I think that the reason that I put them in there for chaotic reasons was because it's kind of like, it causes just everyone to panic or scatter. it, causes chaos amongst the opposition. So I understand that a lot of people might just be like, where are are these guys just making it up as they go along? Kind of, yeah.
2: That's chaos. I mean, That's also chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: We're method actors.
2: Exactly. (laughs) method podcasting we're here again. I just
3: went to the supermarket yesterday and just ran down one aisle just pushing everything off the shelf and they came over and they were like what are you like? what's Max do what's Max <laughs> do and I was just like I've got a podcast to do tomorrow on chaos and they were like oh okay <laughs>
2: yeah it's fine
3: yeah I think there's a there's a mixture of chaotic elements in order to make the chaotic 11
0: excellent this episode is brought to you by State Farm
3: formation
2: formation <laughs> yes okay so we chose you so you you chose the formation and you chose a special one because the formation itself is inherently chaotic so we're going to play a wm <laughs> because why not basically the wm for those who don't is a three two two three yeah which is as chaotic as it gets i'm into it a lot of my choices were actually quite
3: recent choices my, yeah most nothing, of mine nothing, nothing of my hugely reasons. historic although saying that i've got like three retired goalkeepers as my choices yeah. for goalkeepers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've gone quite far back for goalkeepers. <laughs> All
3: right, let's go. All right, goalkeeper. You go first.
2: Fabian Bartes. Oh. Yeah, I had to. I had to. I had to. <laughs> oh, that's a really good shout. I hadn't even thought of Bartes. I had to go for Bartes. You know what I'm thinking? Because Bartes' peak, <laughs> tipping the ball wide of the post, Croatia, semi-final 98, just astonishing shot stopper and just, the confidence, the charisma, the distribution—unbelievable. But when Bartez wanted to like experiment, shall we say, he definitely experimented.
3: And I like <laughs> that because he's not—he's uh, not inherently known for being chaotic. It's not yes. one of the first things that you think of with Bartez,
2: and the capacity still—it's there, yeah. it's there, it's there. It's in the, it's in him. You know,
3: that's kind of like you know those people who like the funniest people you know aren't funny hundred percent of the time. They yes. wait. Yeah. And whenever they drop something funny, you're just like, this person's yeah. the funniest <laughs> person. I, know. I exactly. think that's a yeah. good thing about chaos. And this is why I think my my selections were problem not, not problematic, but questionable in terms of they're quite well known for being chaotic, maybe apart from one of them. So I went for a really obvious one, which was Renie Aguita. And the reason I went for Rennie Aguita was because he was a really, really good goalkeeper.
2: Yes, yes, he's a brilliant,
3: brilliant goalkeeper. Yeah. But if Aguita was playing now, I don't think he would be as much of a curveball goalkeeper as he was at the time because... Yes. I know this sounds really uh, random, but we're used to uh, ball playing goalkeepers now. Right. And we're also used to... We're like, what, 30 years, 25 years into decent computer games like FIFA where you can dribble out with a goalkeeper.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: So the shock factor of that has kind of gone as much as it used to be. Yeah. But the sight of Renny Aguita in the eighties dribbling the ball out of his own box and not stopping. Right. Like one of the most chaotic things I've ever seen from a goalkeeper was in the World Cup, I think it was Germany South Korea, right? Where Neuer is playing number 10 for about 15 seconds. Oh my gosh. And there are three Germany players deeper than him. He's in the opposition. He's in the Korea box. I
2: think it was South Korea. Oh, the 2 0 defeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, played actually pretty well, but everyone still hammered him. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, ah, ah, yeah, and I think I screenshotted it,
3: and I was just like, "This is honestly one of the most. This is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen." But Igita would regularly, yeah, having the ability for a start, having the confidence. Like we, have, we all know about the scorpion kick, whatever. Yeah,
2: but the um, technique, the technique, the to technique beat players, yeah.
3: to be like. And that's the thing that I thought was quite amazing about Agita because it proves it's almost like the funniest person you know thing. It's like I could do all of you, but I choose not to.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. The timing of the timing of the chaos is
3: so I think it was quite it's quite an obvious choice for Agita because he's known as like being this kind of like cult wild man goalkeeper kind of thing. But I I think I think it stands up because imagine just imagine playing in the game the first time that he ends up on the halfway line.
2: Imagine being in, in the back four. It's hard to imagine a more chaotic goalkeeper than Higuita. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like Bartes as a shout. I really like it. But I, and Higuita someone I thought of. Again, I have that thing with you. I was like, is it too obvious? Because some of these I was like, then again, actually, all of mine are really obvious. All of mine are obviously chaotic. So yeah, I think in that tradition has to go in. Yeah, so Higuita, I'm happy to go with that.
3: Now, who else did you have though? Because um,
2: I had Pickford.
3: I, I, I took him out at the last minute because I thought that it was too easy for people to be mean about him.
2: Yeah, and that's fair. I think that's a good shout as well. But he um, is—he
3: is like. I mean, he has his own scale of hypeness. That we've he does. Seen yeah, he's he's scale. very.
2: Yeah, he's very hype. You know, he's brilliant in so many ways, and has his chaotic moments. And actually, Hugo Lloris goes in there as well. Ooh, Lloris is Lloris. Yeah, he is Loki. He is Loki because he just has those moments now and again. World Cup qualifiers, Champions League final. When he just has, he just wants to, he just wants to feel something different, and you can almost see the moment he's about to feel something different. So Loris and Bartes, funnily enough, are so two great World Cup winning goalkeepers, but who have their... Uh, I should beef with the uh, French their adventures. French goalkeepers. They just seem to go on adventures. Or should I, I say, think they say just... boof. Boof. <laughs> yeah, but is a great shout for that. Uh, the other two I had were both German. Of course they were. Jens Lehmann's there.
3: Jens Lehmann was one. Of course he's one.
2: And the other German that I had in there was Oliver Kahn, actually. That's fair. I would watch a lot of Oliver Kahn's reactions to goals being conceded. i was like, there's a man on the edge. But yeah. like people can see, goalkeepers can see goals, you know, oh, you can see the goal, it's bad. Not every goalkeeper takes it personally. There are goalkeepers who can see goals and they get angry as a striker, as if the striker's like throwing a brick through their window. It's like, I'm, it's my job, this is actually just still football. But Oliver Kahn seemed to take his anger to a level that was something self-destructive. It's like, that's what I find intriguing about the great goalkeepers, that chaotic streak of, it's a personal insult when someone scores against them, mm. even if they couldn't have stopped it. Like that free kick that, um, Janino Pernambucano scores for Lyon. And the way that Khan scrambles across goal and the look on Khan's face and it goes in, even that's it's in the greatest fricks of all time, the look on Khan's face is like, you've offended my family. <laughs> 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 you you better leave the stadium by different exits. <laughs> oh man. Um, so who are we going for? Because we can put, well, obviously we could do a bench after as well. Like. Let's, let, let's put to in because Higuita resonates the most, I think, with Me and with you, so let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Go with the geeta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's put a geeta
3: in goal, all right. So, where do you want to go? Let's so we've got a a right back, center back, and a left back. But I think we can. I thought about this and I thought because you can three center backs, left. Yeah, 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 three center backs or a right back, a left back, and a center back. So cool,
2: okay. Um, uh, my center center back, we'll go with that, is William Gallas.
3: I Right. Moose's
2: agenda against the French already is
3: absolutely <laughs> outrageous.
2: William Gallas. William Gallas. It has to be. It has to be because. Oh my God. Yeah. He's the Harvey Dent of football. He played it. <laughs> he played it so straight until he got to Arsenal. <laughs> then, he, then he went to Arsenal. Any centre-back, any defender that takes the number 10 shirt.
3: After Dennis Bergkamp has just vacated after it. After Dennis
2: Bergkamp has left has such a supreme disregard for the laws of footballing physics. Is,
3: honestly, honestly, that is one of the, that is one of my, <laughs> if I was going to do like a biggest crimes against football by players, right, that would be extremely high up that that's, list. That's
2: a top five all time. And this is why he has to go in there because William Gallas, extraordinary defender at his peak without, without the reputation, but in terms of the quarter performance, could say best center back in the world at his absolute peak when he was alongside John Terry. And then the chaos, the, sh- the choice of shirt, the <laughs> leadership issues at Arsenal, and both of those within the same player coexisting, which is why he's Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. Both of those elements coexist within the same player. So for me, he's extraordinarily chaotic in that sense, in terms of the, the character arc of William Gallas is one of the most fascinating well, <laughs> of, 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 of a defender. I should have
3: said it at the top of the show, actually, but I could have quite easily Submitted an entire eleven plus subs plus the rest of the squad that was left out <laughs> entirely of players who had played for Arsenal.
2: Yeah, I was gonna, well, the funny thing was, as I went through my own list, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of you guys in here." <laughs> yeah, there really is. There was a sweet spot.
3: I I actually think that there may be. I reckon maybe 2007 to 2011, Arsenal, yeah, was arguably. The biggest chaotic dynasty in club football ever.
2: You could argue they supplied
3: the highs about sixty percent of
2: all chaotic players yeah. of that of that period. In fact, people should be encouraged, maybe at some point, to send in their chaotic elevens from their clubs. All time chaotic elevens. Oh from yeah,
3: well let's do it. We'll do another part two, like we did with the um disrespected, where we yeah. get yeah. Please do that. Actually, we'll 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 round that up at the end of the show. But yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that. Um. So I went for right back and Doni Goikachea. Ooh, ouch. And this is more of a right. There the was the problem that I had with a couple of these choices, though, were that they strayed into supervillain territory.
2: Right. I get that. I get that. Yeah.
1: I, I think
3: that there is something about certain players who just want to cause chaos by kicking the absolute fuck out of anyone. Anyone. That's true. Doesn't yeah, matter who true. it is. That's true. And if you look at the chaos that his actions caused, Yes. in multiple games.
2: Butterfly effect,
3: yeah. It was like, he was essentially like dropping the grenade in there. Right. He was the grenade, basically. Right. So he was one choice that I had. I actually had him for right the right back position. Yeah. The two that I had for centre back were very, very obvious. And yeah, okay. they may have to arm wrestle it out. Uh, my first choice was Gerard Piquet.
2: That's an excellent shout. And the That's reason an that Gerard
3: Piquet is in there is because he is one of the greatest centre backs of all time. I th- I believe,
2: yeah, without question. However, oh, Gerard, <laughs>
3: it's like I've said before. My favourite sight in a football match is when all of a sudden, Gerard Piquet is bombing forward and ends up as he ends up as the furthest Barcelona player forward. Yeah, five six minutes into the game for no reason whatsoever. Standard, and I'm just like, this is genuinely amazing. It's like he almost just says to whoever it was. It could be. Matthew, it could be Poyle, it could be Mascherano, it could be poor old Longley, it could be Samuel and Titi and he'll just be like, cover me. Right. Standard. He's gone. And he's gone. Clear. Gone. I don't know why it tickles me so much. It brings a laugh out of me every single time I see it. Because it's, it's not play, like... It's schoolyard. It's it is, that's it's, why. it's big like best player on the, on the pitch for a Sunday league team. Right. Who plays centre back. And I think that it's not like they've just been up for a corner or they've just had a free kick up there. It's like everyone's in that kind of, not static, but they're in formation. Yeah. Barcelona have got the ball. And then there's just this one guy goes straight up the middle of the yeah. pitch.
2: And I'm like, what are you doing, Gerard? You know, those who've seen him play in the futsal games, uh, and he's brilliant and he does the same thing. And everyone laughs about it because it's futsal, but he's extremely skillful. I love that shout. I love that disrespect for footballing physics. Who's your other shout then? I mean, who do you think? It's Sergio. No, it's Pepe. Oh, I didn't put Pepe in, you know. Because Pepe let Sergio
3: take the heat and just wreaked havoc. Yes. Havoc. Like, Pepe was, at one point, genuinely one of the funniest footballers in the world. Because Yes. And I actually think his antics overshadow or maybe have caused him from getting the respect that he deserves, actually, as a footballer.
2: He's an unbelievable footballer. He was yeah. amazing. Like. It still is actually, still is very, very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great shout. I mean, I would, I would go with Pepe over PK. Although, then again, my left back is Jordi Alba. Oh, yeah, because he's extraordinary, right? Unbelievable. He can do everything. Combin- the combination with, with Messi, with Chavy, like the give and go in the 2012 Euro final against Italy, the give and go with with Xavi is just unbelievable. When he holds the pass for him, holds the pass, and this Alba just Alba just like flies through. At the same time, there are a t- uh, positional eccentricities, adventures. Uh, shall we say? Sometimes he le- goes out on a holiday and leaves the back door open or leaves the gas on. But you this know, is the thing he's, like he's,
3: yeah. he he can be simultaneously the best and worst left back on the pitch at any given time.
2: Shroding his left back, <laughs> but, it's yeah, like, but he's, the, he did the, yeah.
3: the thing against uh, Sausage the other day. He did that amazing one-two with Ricky Pooch for the goal, to set, and then cut it back to Messi for Messi's second
2: goal. He's still got it. He's, of course he does. And I think part of it is if you're a Barca fullback, you have to gamble. Like one of the things that Nelson Semedo was a challenge for me. Kept it safe, Nelson Semedo. Watching play, I was thought to myself, people are frustrated with you because you don't surge into the space. You play it inside instead mm. of like hammering the line. And there's no coincidence that two of the best fullbacks of modern times have also been two of the most chaotic. Like Dani Alves and Jordi Alba. Al- mm. Alves sa- saves more of his chaos just his off-the-field energy, like for his dress sense, but it's no coincidence because a Barca fullback, you've got to be brave, but part of bravery is, is chaos. Part of bravery is risk. So Alba is my choice for that. That left side. I've got a random one. I've got Christian Kivu. Oh, that is, that's, ooh, that I liked uh, Kivu. Do you want to know why I've got Kivu in there? Because,
3: first of all, Kivu was sick. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But there was a really chaotic energy to him, I think, in the sense that he just looked like he didn't give a fuck. That's true, yeah. When he came cap. back from the injury and he had to wear the scrum cap and he kind of didn't even get one that bothered doing up. And then eventually he just had one that didn't have the chin, the straps underneath the chin. He just had this whole air of, you know, kind of fuck. He like a
2: 1950s quarterback in yeah, the did. NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kivu was the warrior spirit of that inter-team.
3: But the thing, the thing is as well, he was such a good left back. Yeah. But all of a sudden he would just pop up. There was a goal I think he scored, may have even been against Roma, when he just pops up and runs onto the ball and just hits it first time left foot. And it's just like, why are you there in like the inside left position? You're in like a number 10 position. It's a bit of a curveball because he doesn't really fit into a specific kind of definition of chaos.
2: But neither does one of the ones I've got coming later. I picked a player who actually isn't necessarily chaotic in the sense you might think yeah so i'm happy to take it for that and i also you know what i love as well i love the fact that actually i love the idea of kivu going in this team because i also think he's very underrated and i I want, yeah. I want i hope people be encouraged to check him out and be like oh who is this guy i didn't fully like clock what he did so let's put kivu in there i mean
3: amazing you know amazing trajectory like ajax obviously from romania and then he moved to ajax yeah. roma inter you know that's an
2: absolute, absolute yeah. hero absolute hero yeah
3: he played in some good intersides as well. He won the... Did he um, go to the middle
2: at one point? Did he go to the middle at one yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. He, he, went, play he centre played centre-back as well. Centre back,
3: yeah, centre-back, yeah, yeah. He was part of the
2: treble winning side. Of yes, 2010. Yep, yeah, definitely. He was. He was outstanding, Kivu. He had a dream career. He had a dream career. Yeah, and The thing was, the thing that's really weird is that he retired at 34. I mean, why wouldn't you retire directly after that season? A lot of them didn't have that great careers after that moment. It was so cathartic, mm. I think. They'd, they'd all proven... A lot of those Inter players came to the end of a cycle at once, actually. Mm. You know, it was almost like the culmination for them. He won a lot,
3: man. He won yeah. three Serie A, three Coppa Italias, two with Inter, one with, one with Roma, two Supercoppa Italianas, Champions League, FIFA, FIFA, World, uh, FIFA Club World Cup, Eredivisie Dutch Cup, Dutch Super Cup.
2: Absolute legend, yeah.
3: He was also in the UEFA Team of the Year in 2002.
2: Goodness, he was doing it for that long. Yeah, he, he was got, that he was good for that long.
3: Two-time... Ajax player of the year 2001-2003. He won the Golden Shoe in the Eredivisie in 2002. Like He was a hugely underrated footballer, I think.
2: I love Kivu in there. I want Kivu in there. And now he's a
3: technical observer for UEFA. All right, so we need to pick our back three. I'm i I'm for Kivu. I'm all for Kivu. Kivu, Galas and Pique. Yeah, I agree. Yeah?
2: Yes? Yes. Kivu, Galas, Pique. Yeah, let's do it.
3: Let's play Galas on the right side. Yes.
2: That's a hell of a back
3: line. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Centre midfielders. So we've got two centre midfielders to,
2: to pick. Yes. So, name them both at the same time or? Yeah, go for it, man. Guti. Ah, huh, interesting. And Arturo Vidal. I picked Arturo Vidal. He had to be for me. Because you have, at his peak, is astonishing, eight straight league titles, I think, at one, uh, um, at one point. And, Two Copa Americas for Chile, but also a man that was on the edge in all senses. And Guti, magnificent playmaker who lasted an astonishingly long time at a club as impatient as Real Madrid, is unbelievable, almost like. I was integral. Almost have this power, this invisibility, or this cloak where a club that is so demanding. Where you'd have manager after manager and director after director looking at that squad going, what can we trim? And Gooty somehow just like managing to avoid the evil eye and was 25 years in that system. I have a question though. Yeah. Could you play him as one of the tens in this formation? Not with the team I've chosen. Absolutely not. You couldn't. You could not. You could not with the team I have chosen. No, no, no. And, but also Guti as a deep lying was, he was brilliant actually. He could yeah, play. He was amazing. He was amazing as a deep lying player. It's funny because Guti had that reputation of being, oh, a pretty boy, but he had a temper and could put the boot in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was not, yeah, you couldn't mess with him. And was an astonishing passer. And his technique was as good as any. I mean, like, I pretty much, I can imagine there'd be like, I can imagine if you talked to a lot of those rail players from that time about the training sessions and like what he was like, that like Guti's first touch was just off the scale. You could see that. Ooh, that's provided me with a problem. Guti and Vidal are my guys.
3: All right. So I had Vidal for one spot. I mean, also he, just, had. he always
2: picks himself, doesn't he?
3: <laughs> the other one that is a is a serious suggestion is Thomas Graveson. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to explain why. I mean,
2: you don't have to, but you can, and you should. Yeah, go on.
3: In Real Madrid training, picked up Ronaldo once, dropped him, knocked his teeth out, fired some fireworks at Wayne Rooney at Everton. And basically, <sighs> just a bit of a wild guy.
2: I, I think yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's I funny think that, sorry, yeah. I
3: think he's there's the, like as chaotic on the pitch as he was off it. I think
2: yes, yes, yes.
3: I mean, the whole thing about like him going to him going to Real anyway, and just him being in
2: that squad—it's one of the strangest signings of modern times. Gravison. him Real being
3: Madrid. in the middle of that Real, Real Madrid side sometimes was just like being in a cage with a tiger.
2: Well, no, because a tiger's supposed to be there. It was. It was like that. <laughs> it was like a tiger being in a place. It wasn't going like, to. It's, like, it's, like it's like a. It's like a tiger at the opera. Everyone takes their seats in black tie, and a tiger walks, and you're like, "Oh yeah!" And it starts just biting <laughs> people.
3: It was like that. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video. There's a video that went around last week about um, of a town near Bremen in Germany. Well, there's just a wolf jogging through
2: the town centre, <laughs> right?
3: It turns into the Aldi car park. Jogs through the Aldi car Wanders park. Wanders on its
2: way. Wanders yeah. on its way. Like the bear that goes into someone's house, back someone's back garden, that ends up just lying in the hammock after it helping out to some food. It's like that. That's Thomas Graveston. I like him as I think he's a great shout, Gravison. From a footballing perspective, I love the idea of Guti and Vidal. I'm not going to lie, I love. I sport. think we should. I think we should go with those two. Actually, it's spiritual though, isn't it? If you can imagine it working as a football combination, it would just be like. I mean, it's the archetypal like good cop, bad cop. Right. Although, and they, when they're both when they're both bad, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Chaotic cop, even more chaotic cop. Guti Vidal, wow! I mean, I'd love to watch this team actually. Kivu PK Galas, <laughs> Guti Vidal. That's a, that is a team, and Higuita and God, that is a team.
3: Where are we going now? Number 10s. The Number 10s, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah,
3: I've got an Argentinian pairing. I don't. I've got very
2: obvious ones. Good. You go first. I've got Paul Gascoigne. Uh Uh-huh. And Ces Fabregas. Ooh, right. Okay. So
3: Gascoigne I thought about and I left out because I thought that too much of the chaos came from what was going on outside.
2: I chose mine from the footballing perspective of like when he was going to release the ball or not. I like that though. Gary Lineker would talk about how the thing with Gas, you never knew when he was going to release the ball mm. because he was good enough to basically attack a defense by himself. Like he was good enough, any level. He would just go, you know, Rangers, he did it, Lazio, England. So I chose it from a footballing perspective, Paul Gascoigne as a 10 or most destructive forces. That moment when he, he nut makes uh, Brian Robson, and he's mm. at Newcastle, and he's laughing, and everyone's going, Oh, you this and that. And Gascoigne just laughs at them. He's humiliating them. Like just his chaotic energy as a footballer, was like nothing I'd seen. So he was, he was actually my first choice. ten. it was funny because Gascon was my first choice, 10. And the other one, I had like seven or eight options. And I eventually went for Fabregas because, I, as you know, I was watching a lot of Fabregas highlights, you know, that run that they went on um, Spain from 2008, 2012, and there's three straight international tournaments. And Fabregas at each point pops up. a vital contribution, even though he's not a regular starter for most of that run. He scores the winner in two shootouts against huge local rivals. So uh, Spain, the historic rivalry, he scores a winner in the shootout, scores when the shootout against Portugal. Of course, like World Cup winning assist for Iniesta in extra time, um, and has the assist for the opening goal in the final Euro 2012. And he's just always there. But the chaotic thing about it is you've got this guy who basically is incredible assist maker, but never quite revered as he should be. Mm. And then has the kind of guts to throw a pizza at Sir Alex Ferguson, <laughs> at Sir Alex Ferguson. Like that's like, that is like trying to like knock the nose of a statue at, at Mount Rushmore with a rock hammer, like that level of gall. And so Fabregas, I think is chaotic for me because if you look at what he does at Barca, he goes and plays in a three, three, four and is brilliant alongside Messi until it implodes, right? Goes to Chelsea. From Arsenal, which is like a chaotic thing to do. Like, it's just his whole career is brilliant and discordant and brilliant again. Like, you look at it and you go, I say, I chat with someone last night. Being, oh, yeah, you feel like it's underwhelming with Fabregas. I said, no, if you look at what Fabregas did, people in that squad, when they get together for their barbecues or their weddings or whatever, when they talk, they'll be like, we could not have done it. He's like the Samwise Gamgee or whatever. Like, we couldn't have done it without Sesc. And so for me, he was. It was so weird because there were so many other 10s I could have chosen. I was like, no, I want you to start. Because he never got to be the starting player in a truly great team, there was a part of a romantic in me that was like, I want Fabregas to start. I want Fabregas to start as the lead creator. And that that was my thinking behind it. So yeah, Fabregas and Gascoigne. Sorry, it became like a passionate speech, but those are my choices. I've gone very, very, very obvious. Yeah, I know, but good. I like obvious. I like, I can tell, I can tell. Go on. For one number 10, I have Juan Roman Raquel May. Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah, of course you do.
3: Yeah. And for the other one, I have Diego Maradona. <laughs> of course. You, no, of course you do. You do. You have to. Like Because those two in the same team, yes. for a
2: start, right with Vidal and Guti behind them. It's unbelievable. It is. <laughs> who's the comedian, Monique, who's like, I would like to see it.
3: Yeah, I would <laughs> like
2: to see that. I would like to see it. I would like to see it. I would love to see it. And
3: also just the, I just think they, I think they would be really good
2: in the same team. Weirdly. They're actually a good fit though, run because they play at different, they play at such different tempos. Yeah, exactly. They're like those, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a musical and I'm not a producer, but they're almost like, they're like two types of sound that just never interfere mm. because they're so complementary. Like Raquel May just wandering and doing what he does and then like Maradona darting. At any one point in the pitch, you can imagine Raquel May hitting Maradona on the diagonal, where he's like, okay, do you know what, like, Diego, like, you're almost going to be a left wing back for this one. When I hit this, like, cross field one, you're going to be on it, cutting from here. And that variation in tempo, we, we kind of saw an element of, we saw an element of it, actually, when Raquel May played with Matt, with uh, Messi mm. in 2007 Copa, and they beat Mexico, I think, 3-0 in the, um, in the semi. And I think Raquel May supplies Messi. It's the closest we'll get to seeing Maradona and Raquel May together in terms of the movement and them occupying separate space. Messi calls that glorious ship on the run, which is like physically impossible. So we've kind of already seen Maradona and Raquel mm. May in a form and it works beautifully. That no one is getting good. the ball off that midfield. No one is getting the ball off of Maradona and Raquel. And I, I love Gascoigne at Fabregas. And I'm sorry to have to maybe bench Sesk again, but Maradona and Raquel May is ridiculous. No one's getting the ball off that quartet. Should we go for it?
3: Yeah. I'm a bit I mean, worried I, that I, these are too obvious, but maybe well, maybe I, chaos, I, chaos presents itself in...
2: I, I don't think gascon and Fabregas is obvious, This is why I went for Fabregas as a 10 there, because I just felt like he, he, was, he, he... I think he will remain underrated, actually. There are some players who are permanently underrated, no matter how you talk about them. Fabregas? Yeah. I oh, think 100%. I think he's permanently underrated, yeah. which is why I think I, I would say the one thing I would say is I would maybe argue for him over Raquel Mo and Maradona only because he's so much of a joker that like at any time he delivers the kind of... He, he's, he's the ace in the pack, actually. Because don't forget as well... We could you put know, him even, in
3: instead of Raquelme.
2: Do you know why I say... I, do you know why I would? Only because David Silva only played nine minutes in World Cup 2010. Mm-hmm. Like he really fell off in terms of his... Um, Del Bosque's sort of faith in him Fabregas never lost it he went through that entire run that entire World Cup and, and he also, had Mata and Cazola.
3: it's like you know when Tony Adams used to say that if it kicks off you need seven
2: he's one of them he's one of them this Fabregas this is, is one of them it was the pizza in the tunnel like the fact the goal to do that at any time I reckon he goes in with, with Maradona Maradona Fabregas is ridiculous <laughs> okay right we need our front three left wing I had to put Eric Lamella Oh. I had had to, yeah, I had to, I had to. Do you know, because actually I thought of other left wingers and he, I was like, I kept coming back to him. I was like, you know, actually you're here because you, you give me the full journey.
3: I mean, yeah, the North London derby thing was probably chaos in a nutshell.
2: It was in a nutshell. And also, but as I thought more about it, I was like, let me think about when Lamella first came to my attention, he was playing at River Plate and he was lights out. He was unbelievable. And that Lamella, I don't blame him for how his career's gone because he wasn't in a settled squad He didn't quite get the props. You know, he was at River Plate, then Roma, then Spurs. He was never the chance to be a jewel. He reminds me a bit of when Hugo Viana went to um, Newcastle Mm. and was brilliant, like best player or like Lazar Markovic going to Liverpool. And now Lazar Markovic has been on loan for like so many seasons and never quite, and God knows how Markovic feels about the fact that he's never fully achieved his potential. And there are these brilliant creative players that never fully get their moment. And Pete Lamella is utterly devastating, mm. but for various reasons, we've never seen it. So he's almost like a kind of nostalgic choice in the sense of what his career could have been with a team that actually was around his talents. At the same time, he has the chaos of a fellow Argentine, Angel Di Maria, but Di Maria reigns his in. Di Maria didn't get into my chaotic eleven because actually he creates chaos on other teams, and he's extremely consistent in big games. And actually, only really fails because he's injured. Like he's never really, he always shows up. So Lamella's my left, my left side. Narrowly missing out was Lauren Robert. Ooh, um,
3: Robert I, I went, I went for a very, very different, not particularly serious suggestion for okay, left wing. On. And that was Curlon. (laughs) And the reason I put Curlon in there is because is there anything more chaotic than a guy who's just dribbling the ball on his head down the left wing and you have no idea how to get the ball off him? It's wild. It is. There is an element of complete chaos to that. There is, absolutely. And if you think about a squad, like whenever there's a squad, like in a movie, like the Avengers or, you know, like Ocean's Eleven or any of this kind of stuff, there's always one person you're a bit like, yeah, I see why they're there, but like... You know, there's always one person who's only there for like blowing up a safe. Exactly. Yeah. And that was my Curlon. Just stick him on the left wing. Because you've got to remember that it's all got a balance as well. So actually, I agree. there's someone there who has not a huge amount of footballing ability, but is just really, 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 really good. Like comparatively,
2: I should say. It wasn't Curlon Cal- was really good though, wasn't he? Was it, an inter- to begin with. it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like- Where was he in Brazil as well? Um, Sao Paulo, was it? I mean, he's still only 33, Curlon.
3: He's not playing anymore. He went Cruzeiro, Inter, but during that time he went to Kiev on loan, played four times for the first team. He never played an actual uh, official match for Inter. He went to Ajax on loan, didn't play. He went uh, to Parana. He went to Nacional on loan. He then went to the J3 League, to Miami, he didn't have a great career. He played one for the once for the Brazilian under twenties and seven times for the Brazilian under seventeens. But he got eight goals in seven games for the Brazilians under seventeens.
2: That's amazing.
3: Retired after a spell in uh, Slovakia. I hope he got paid well. But the seal dribble
2: was so famous for it. Everyone talked. Everyone talking about it. It is really chaotic. It's incredibly chaotic, and it's it it's doomed to fail. I
3: do quite like the idea of having one player in here who maybe wasn't of the level of the rest of this side because. I mean, let's get real. There are some, some of the greatest footballers of all time in here who just have right. to be quite
2: chaotic. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I, do
3: yeah, like, yeah. I do like the idea of having someone there who's a bit like, hmm, maybe if you include him in the starting eleven, I think people might see it as a bit of a piss take.
2: Yeah, yeah. I do know, know what I mean? kellon has to be in the squad. Oh, he's in the squad for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. But I'm happy to put him on the bench from Lamella because
2: I quite like the Lamella. I it's like the Lamella shout. I reckon we go Lamella left. Left side. The right side for me is, it has to be Nani. Oh, I thought about putting Nani in, you know. It's Nani for me. Uh, Because Nani would attract Chaos even when Chaos wasn't his fault.
3: But I'm going to upgrade you. And it's a really obvious one.
2: I know who you've gone for. as the player I've got crossed out.
3: It's the most obvious selection in this side. And the thing is, you might be like, what? Why? But just watch any single goal he's ever scored. Yes. Yes. And there are many of them. Yeah. Might take you a while. Same. And just look at the fear, the questioning of the meaning of one's own life. <laughs> Why am I here? There's a bit of a narrative that we've built recently that's saying the saddest place on the football pitch or the loneliest place on the football pitch is lying down behind the wall. Yeah. I disagree. The loneliest place on a football pitch is trying to defend a goal from this human being. Yes, because you know what's coming and you can't stop it. You can't stop, you it. Cannot yeah. stop ah, it. You can not stop it. It's like <laughs> it's like seeing something play out in front of you like when a kid is about to like push something and it's really valuable and you yes. know it's about to happen and you see it unfolding in front of you and you're like I am completely defenseless against what is about to play
2: out. It's that like when my- yes Like my sister, my sister, we went shopping one time and we were unpacking everything, all the shopping, you know, all the bags were over the floor in the the kitchen. And I turned around and she was already in the air. She'd been standing a split second before I turned around. She had been standing on a chair and I turned around and my sister was already airborne and she was descending upon a two pint carton of milk. And I looked and we caught eyes, our eyes locked and she landed. (laughs) And the milk went everywhere. You know, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many years ago that was. We're still finding bits of milk in the kitchen. <laughs> um, and that is what it likes when your, player, when your player approaches goal. That's what it's like.
3: So my choice for right wing or the right side of the front three, in case you haven't already realised, is Lionel Messi. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I did think of Nani originally. I also thought of Ian Robin. Yes. But anyone who has the ability to consistently, over a decade, cause that amount of chaos. There are a few players that you can pick up the ball on the, on the halfway line, on the right touch line, and you're like, shit.
2: Well, I told this story a thousand times, the Messi game I went to when I saw the defenders 40 yards up the pitch and mm-hmm. Messi gets the ball and they all, there's an involuntary like shiver when they're like, mm-hmm. Messi's got possession. And, and so they get into permission, they get into position, <laughs> they get into position, uh, immediately afterwards but that one moment where they're like they're almost like in the schoolyard again yeah it's dangerous That's the best player in the school has got the ball yeah and it could be we could be on a poster if we're not careful
3: yeah I just think it had to be had to, he did it, it had against Sociedad
2: recently didn't he he did it against Sociedad same thing when he cut in and you knew the moment he got it there's a period when he, when he picked it up you no know, when you're, when you're, when you're mm. chopping when you're chopping through sinew when you're, cut, you know, when you're cooking or when you're, when you're chopping like the guts of a vegetable, and there's a point when you, you insert the knife and it just slices. That's him. He's just gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's the most devastating right wing. And also, young Messi like Gamper, those who've watched him in the Joan Gamper Trophy, when he's um, Barca play Juve and it's two all, and he comes on in his teens and just slices them open. And I think Capello turns to Rijkaard and is like, Can I have him on loan? And Reichardt <laughs> just laughs. laughs. Genuinely incredible. That area of the 10 flank, I had Quaresma there, potentially. Oh. I had Nani. He Quaresma. was my
3: other choice for, I actually had him for the opposite flank.
2: Yeah, well, Quaresma was a shout. I think he should go on the bench, Quaresma. I think that I agree with that. Garincha was another one. Oh, nice. Garincha was another one. So there's, there's a ton of like, that, that, that was an over-populated one. And my striker, I've got a little bit left field with this. I had a few, but in the end I only had one. I actually would put Eric Cantona there. That is a very good shout. I just feel like genuinely chaotic in terms of game breaking, but also in terms of temperament, playing style, could play as a nine. And actually those games when United went on that run around the league and he's brought like, you know, Schmeich had all those clean sheets and he was just scoring the only goal in the 1-0, like the late winner, like time and time again, Cantona 1-0, Cantona 1-0. So he could be that nine in that sense. Could be the false nine, could be the 10.
3: I mean, when you've got um, Lamella and Messi, Maradona right. and Fabregas behind, I don't think you need an out-and-out
2: out nine. Exactly. This is what I was thinking. You, you have that, when you've got someone like that that is generous with space, you know, I thought that he would knit together that front line so well. Like imagining people playing into him. Imagine Fabregas playing the ball into Cantona. Oh, wow. imagine, the, imagine the angle. The egos in this squad. The egos, but also what I love about it is these people could all sacrifice. They all, they all graft us. Like Goofy didn't last that rail that long because he was just a dilettante. He did the work. So yeah, Cantona would be my striker. There were others that I had that fell off quite quickly. I'm going
3: to, yeah, I'm going to talk through my, my yeah, thinking. Got, so yeah. at first I thought Diego Costa. Yep, I thought, <sighs> maybe it's too obvious. I felt, yeah, yeah. My second choice was then Mario Balotelli. <laughs> For very similar reasons.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean.
3: Yeah. Because the thing about Balotelli was that he was kind of that sweet spot of the unplayable on his day. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely unplayable. Unplayable. Yeah. Very chaotic energy. Yes. Purely on footballing grounds, though, was Kanu.
2: That's an amazing
3: shout. Because I don't think we'd ever really seen anything like that before. And I think it, we haven't since. Yeah. And I think it really confused people. Yeah, it was almost like, what do we do now? Putting the team together, I was thinking, well, this team has to offer different problems to create full chaos, like peak chaos. If you have Messi, but yet you also have Kanu as a nine to deal with, what do you do here? You kind of, I don't really know how people would actually deal with that. As much as I love the Cantonash shout, I think Canu that football-wise football with that-
2: Canu is terrifying. Carnu is absolutely, I love that so much. You have no idea how much. We've never seen a, we've never seen a canoe before or since. No. We haven't. It's impossible. Like the Kanu we saw, the 1996 Olympics, it's the most destructive attacking force I'd seen in that form. He was a total like, unicorn. He was a unicorn. Do you know why he was a unicorn? Because Burcamp. they made Burcamp, and I love, we all love Burcamp. They made Burcamp play as a nine at Inter, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Okay. It's not fair. You're asking him to play as a nine. It's not his thing. Carnu effectively played as a nine for for pivotal moments of that game of those games the late stage games and he relished it he loved arriving late he loved it on he was on the six yard box causing trouble he was on the counter Carnu was spiritual like it, it, in a chaotic the spirit of chaos that was Carnu one of the
3: most chaotic goals i've ever seen in terms of what he did when it happened and what it meant was the hat-trick goal against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I, I knew you were going to mention this. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are a few goals that play out like that. You know, coming from behind to win the game, he's on a
2: hat-trick and he's, what, a yard from the, the, the byline? The only goal I've seen like that was actually Van Persie's, but Van Persie's wasn't as, the Blackburn one, but it wasn't as important. No. The 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 Carney goal is so incredible. Two plays on the goal line. Yeah. And he
3: puts it in the top corner. In the space, he, the, the yeah. width of
2: the ball. And it only enters on the angle, doesn't go straight, yeah. it has to curve in. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. And it's genuinely one of the most, like, that you just couldn't deal with him. Like, a peak Canu, you could not, there, no couldn't. one had an answer for him. How much fun would peak Canu and peak Messi have playing together? Unplayable. They would, lo- Unplayable. I, I genuinely think they'd love each other.
2: Well, about as much fun as Ronaldo would have had with Canu at Inter. Yeah. If, if those two had played together at their peak, peak fitness, there would still be centre-backs sitting in bars somewhere or isolating with each other, bitter bitter about it. They'd mm. still be going, uh, those two thought they were, huh, they just thought they could do whatever. And then someone would be like, but they, they could, couldn't they? Mm. <laughs> they could. Yeah. So I, I think that Carnu is an incredible shout for that. Should we put him at nine? Of course we should. Yeah. He's unbelievable. I love Carnu. That goal he scores against Deportivo, I watched it again recently and I still haven't been able to work out what dummy he threw. I can't work out what part of his body he dummied the keeper with. You know, normally after three or four watches, you're like, okay, I can tell he did that. I can't tell what shimmy the keeper saw. He's just, he was just amazing. If, I, I know that,
3: you know, there are, there's a whole generation of football fans coming through now who probably would never have seen him play. And if any listeners haven't, then please go and watch some Carney highlights. The thing about it as well is that it was chaotic joy.
2: It was. And he had a moustache. Yeah. Also, he looked naughty. He looked naughty.
3: Yeah, like, oh, I've been caught. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, well.
2: See. Oh, again, I'll caught me caught. again. But what are you, you going to do? What are you going to do, officer?
3: <laughs> All right, so we need to do our bench. Yeah.
2: I think we've kind of got it, though. Bartes? Bartes goalie, yeah. Pepe? Yes, of course, yeah. Gravison.
3: Yes. Charisma. Raquel May. Wow. And Cantona.
2: Goodness. Oh, I need one more. One more. Did we say Curlon? Curlon then, yes. Let's put
3: Curlon curl on the bench. I really curl. want him yeah. there actually because it was something that only he could really do in a professional game. And I know that he, like we said before, we don't want this to be like a piss take thing.
2: I want Curlon there because there's a lot of players that went through into that time in unsettled, Mm -hmm. dynamic they didn't get their due there was a lot of turbulence there and there were a lot of very good players that didn't get a run in the team so i kind of want him in there because there is a chaos in football where players are hugely hyped right Mm. and they get to these clubs and there's no kind of duty of care to them yeah and they're just full they plummet through the leagues and you saw it with a few of them it's normally like a bad either it's a bad um injury they get or a big player gets brought in while they're coming through the youth team and they just don't get a chance. And then you see their confidence, their self-esteem just tumbling yeah. as they fall down the leagues. And sooner or later, they can't get it back. You saw it with actually Royce and Drenth to an extent. yeah. Obviously chaotic talent, but also a sign of like how quickly a great player or player that's heralded can just not get their, not get their moment to shine. So yeah. But I love that. I love that eleven. Okay, we need a manager. Carlos Bianchi. Oh, really? Yes. I say Bianchi because that time at Aletti, when he said everything repeats itself. <laughs> oh, you caught me off guard with that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that would be my only thing. But that, he, he was my only suggestion, but I'm happy to take others. Just because, I mean, also being from Argentina, won four Copa I mean, I've got
3: an Argentine in there because I just look at this squad and be like, imagine if it was coached He's by loved, Bielsa. Yeah,
2: yeah. Imagine if this was coached by Bielsa. I know, of course, yeah. And he is the archangel of chaos.
3: Someone I did think of was Raymond Dominic. He forced, Robert, he Perez into, yeah, but he forced Robert Perez into international retirement because he didn't like Scorpios. I mean, yeah, that's...
2: <laughs> yeah, like, we don't want to put out a team that's too... that, that doesn't have a... Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's unbelievable. He actually did that. very much. Scorpius. Oh, my God. He's, he's, he's really big on astrology.
3: Proposed to his girlfriend on the pitch after being knocked out in Euro 2008
2: normal It wouldn't make sense to have a coach I I don't know if it makes sense to have a coach of a chaotic 11 who is actually just two More chaotic than anyone playing. Who's two together I don't think it makes sense to have a coach who's two together if that makes sense. You Mm. need to have one who will go and do wild things themselves. No I had to say um, but you need to have an agent
3: of the chaos though you need to because otherwise the chaos just doesn't really
2: mm. Well I, I don't I think Dominic the football has to be interesting it wouldn't be interesting under Dominic.
3: No I think Bielsa or Bianchi for me.
2: I love Bianchi just because he said everything repeats itself, and then everything. <laughs> but Bielsa, I would love to see that.
3: I think Bielsa. Ha- I don't know. Bianchi was very up and down, though, as well.
2: Isn't that the nature of? That's the nature of it. But also, he was in charge of forces which he could not control. <laughs> I Bielsa. Bielsa works though. Bielsa works very well. Also, because well, there's the thing, the thing about. I think it has to be, right? Do you know I think it has to be Bielsa? Do you know why? Because Bielsa with resources would be mind-blowing. Like the 2002 World Cup when Bielsa had that incredible team and they never quite mm. clicked into scoring gear. But if they had, you felt they could have done something amazing.
3: Can you also think, right, Bielsa managing a side that or a squad that has Messi, Lamella, Maradona and Raquel it?
2: <laughs> They'd love him. It's got to be Bielsa. They'd love him.
3: All right, so it's Bielsa. Marcelo Bielsa yep. is our coach. I've got a home ground.
2: Okay. Do you have a home ground? No, I've got a kit though. We'll go for the kit and the ground, or let's go for the kit first. My suggestion for the kit. Go on. It's when Barcelona went horizontal stripes. Oh. Because I can't think of anything more chaotic than a team famed, the stripes famed for stripes going vertical, going, going uh, To me, I'm just like this was. It was a dereliction. And they didn't have a sponsor for like a hundred years. Then they get a because sponsor. Because no
3: sponsor was worthy of being on the front yeah. of the Barcelona shirt, then, for example.
2: And I could just about accept that. When I saw Barcelona go horizontal stripes, I'm sure there were Barca fans who were more horrified. they hoops. hoops. Stripes or hoops. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there were Barcelona fans who were more horrified than I was when they saw that. But I'm not sure there were that many. <laughs> I was actually affronted on a physical level. But what about when they went Croatia?
3: That was more chaotic than hoops.
2: It was, but the beginning of the entropy, it was the beginning of the entropy when they went to the hoops for me. When I saw that, I was like, this club's in trouble. <laughs> this club's going, when I, when I saw that, I was like, that's existential. This club's going on a journey. I,
3: I, I hear you thinking. Mm. I think it's, the colour scheme's too it's, too, it's too classic for
2: me. No, that's fine. That's fine. But that, that, was, that was my thinking. But yeah, happy to defer, uh, obviously.
3: Well, the first one that came to mind was actually Man United's kit this season.
2: That's a funny one because I've obviously come around to that, but with the white shorts, with the zebra shorts, yeah, like all full, zebra. Full zebra. Oh, okay. Okay. That's definitely the most chaotic. Yeah. That full was zebra was really,
3: yeah. really fun seeing them all play.
2: I think they backtracked in full zebra. You know, because they, when they first came out, they were like, and they were like, oh, no, no, we're going to be, I think they wanted full zebra, but they backtracked.
3: Yeah. Actually. I think it was just for the uh, for the engagement. Yeah. Online engagement.
2: I think full United, full zebra. I think is the one.
3: The Nigeria 2018 kit. I think is quite. I think would be, would be a good one.
2: I mean, that is. is definitely chaotic.
3: And I would yeah. just. There's part of me that would really want to see Carney wearing that kit as well.
2: Let's go for that one then. Nigeria.
3: Let's go for the Nigeria. Nigeria kit. 2018.
2: Nigeria 2018 World Cup kit.
3: The black and white zigzag on the sleeves and the green and white zigzag on the on the body. Let's do it. Let's do it. Is that the one?
2: Yeah, because having Carney as the nine in that, you're right. It's just incredible. I would just it's love hit. to see Carnu wearing that
3: kit. It would just be so sick.
2: Also, you'd know they'd have, you know, you know, it's funny as well. You can imagine them all wearing that out on the town. Mm-hmm. You can imagine the Celtic 11 going out, the squad wearing that tracksuit top. Yeah, I love it. You didn't think of a stadium? The nostalgic part of me, the old Atletico Madrid Stadium. Oh, the Calderon. Yeah.
3: Oh, I like that shout.
2: That, that to me, yeah, I just feel like the Calderon. Saw so much, embodied so much in a romantic way, a chance to kind of not preserve it, but just to pay tribute to it. So, the Calderon for me would be the one. Boca is tempting because Boca, like. Bombonera is a shout, you know. It is a big shout given all the Argentine players. The Bombonera is still there. And there's a part of me, the nostalgic part of me wants to preserve. Um, but yeah, I'm up for the Bombonera. And actually, the vibe of match day
3: well Just i me. i went i I went for a different one actually okay, yeah. I went for Palk Stadium in
2: Thessaloniki oh, I don't know I don't, I don't know about the chaos, but I, I take your word for it. I'll take your word for it.
3: It's known as the Toomba Stadium, it's officially known as like people call it Palk Stadium, so you could call it Toomba or Palk Stadium in Thessaloniki. I actually been past it when I went there. it's really it's pretty it's pretty cool. well, first of all, Thessaloniki is a great city. if anyone's not been to Thessaloniki, it's amazing. I'd thoroughly recommend it. Palk fans for a start loves setting things on fire. What is more chaotic than fire? That's true. Check this out. I want to read you something from an article on from 2014 by Sarah Dogty. said, On Wednesday, Pauk played Olympiakos in the second leg of the Greek Cup semi-finals in Thessaloniki. Everyone behaved nicely from the fans to the players. Lol. Nope. <laughs> Pauk fans were rioting outside the game before it started. Pauk were coming into the game trailing 2-1 after the first leg. So what they decided to do was turn their stadium into Mordor, but on fire to scare the shit out of Olympiakos. And there is a a picture. (laughs) I'm going to send you this.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: There's a picture taken from up the top of the hill, looking down on the stadium in Thessaloniki. And you can see the sea in the background.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my
3: God. But also... That, in that same game, just in case it didn't work, they put a load of dead fish on the Olympiakos bench. Oh my God. The game was delayed by an hour, more than an hour. What was the final score? Park won one nil, and they went through to the final against Panathinaikos.
2: <laughs> that is... Ryan, I don't understand. I don't understand how like a stadium more chaotic than the stadium was actually on fire.
3: <laughs> Mordor on fire. Was what they More wanted doll. to go for from the second leg of a, Greek, <laughs> of a Greek Cup game.
2: I think, I think it, we can safely say that, that effect was achieved. <laughs> you know what's That picture you've sent me is going to live rent free in my mind now. It feels like this podcast was leading to you showing me that picture this episode. So, should we recap? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
3: So, our Chaotic 11, we have René Aguita in goal, Christian Kivu, Jab Piquet, William Gallas as our back three. Guti, Arturo Vidal as our midfield pairing My with Fes Fabregas and Diego Maradona in front of them. Eric Lamella, Nwankwo Kanu, and Lionel Messi as our front three with Fabian Bartes, Pepe, Thomas Graveson, Ricardo Caresma, Fama Manra Kelme, Curlon and Eric Cantona on the bench. Marcelo Bielsa is our coach and we will be playing our home games at Pauk Stadium in Thessaloniki.
2: I mean... Incredible. Inject it. <laughs> <laughs> AstraZeneca, giving me my shots right now so I can go and watch this team there.
3: I wish there was some way that I could Im- inject the energy of this 11 in a vaccine. Do
2: you know what? Actually, I already have. I think just knowing that team will exist, just having that team, that selection of players on a pitch, never mind the training sessions, imagine the team meals. Imagine them going out for a team meal in Thessaloniki.
3: Oh, the food in oh, Tessaloniki, by the way, is
2: unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, I'm very into that. I love it. I absolutely love it.
3: So in that case, should we get people... We'll do a part two. We'll do a follow-up like we did with the Disrespected Eleven. Chaotic Elevens. if you want to email us, the should we keep it club-specific? Because that was quite fun yeah, when we did yeah. the Disrespected ones like that. Because
2: everyone, everyone's got chaotic, yeah. um, chaotic players. All right,
3: so let's... We would love to hear your suggestions of chaotic 11s for the club that you support so you can email us stadiofootballgmail.com and we'll do a follow-up episode to this soon and we'll read out the best ones and discuss them
2: I think we're good we're done we're done right yeah absolutely we're good 150 150 up
3: yeah thanks to everyone We hope you enjoyed that um it's quite fun doing like conceptual what's good I forgot what was like just to make stuff up
2: yeah, and just kind of freewheel a bit. And it's, yeah. it's funny because it reminds me when I'm watching games of football and I notice, you know, odd details, interesting details, and it's somewhere to park all of that.
3: I'm just talking about players that you haven't sw- spoken about for a while.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And give people a chance to go away and do like YouTube deep dives into players I yeah. don't know that well. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I hope everyone stays safe and well. Don't forget that we'll be righty's house on Wednesday and we're not back until next Monday. Yeah, don't forget you can check us on Twitter at Stadio. You can check us on Instagram at StadioFootball. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. And considering we're playing our home games in Greece, Musa I thought we'd play out on uh, Lena Platinos. an unsolved exercise in physics.
2: Yes, it's the most chaotic. This should be the anthem, shouldn't it? That should, it should be, be intro our music. club motto
3: for this chaos. And the intro music, yeah. Our Chaotic uh, 11, Chaos FC, an unsolved exercise in physics.
2: Anything you want to Chaos add? Chaos FC. <laughs> Chaos FC. It even sounds, it's even Greek. Here we go. Classical education. It came up useful.
3: Chaos is a Greek word, so therefore we're playing our home games in Greece and we're playing out on a Greek
2: record. It's perfect. Oh. Vast chasm void. <laughs> What's more existential than that? <laughs> Stay well, everyone. Thanks
3: for tuning into to episode. Well, thanks to everyone who's listened to any or all of the 150 episodes we've done so far. We'll be back next week. Take care.
1: Τώρα, μαλλιά ξεριζωμένα, απάνω από τα αυτιά Τα υπόλοιπα, αγκάθινα στεφάνια Δαγκωμένα τόσα στα χέρια Νοπά, από μετάληψη, ωφέλιμη στην πέψη Αδιαμαρτύρητες γλώσσες, χωρίς γεύση Ομοιόμορφες, αδιάβροχες φωνές Σε πουρι εκατομμυρίων χιτ Πάνω, στο ίδιο, beat. Αποστεωμένα πόδια, σε αγώνα στάσεις, σε βιτρίνα αθλητική. Εκεί κάθε πρωί, κάθε πρωί, κάθε πρωί. Δύο παραπέντε τις μικρές εβδομάδες, τρεις παραπέντε τα μικρά Σάββατα, ανήπαντρες μαμάδες. Άγνωστη αεροσυνοδή, με βλέμμα καρφωμένο σε άγνωστη οροφή ή καρφωμένη μοτοσυκλέτα σε κουμπι εντολή ολοκληρωτικού πολέμου μέσα σε έγχρωμα κατράν μέσα μας στα γρήγορα, στα όρθια φτηνά ρεστοράν η μασέλα κρυβίας διαμελίζει κάτι σημαντικό από μας μια άσκηση φυσικής, άλλη Και εμεί, πίσω από ένα παραβάν, πάνω σε ένα πλακάτ, ίδιο φυς παράλυτη. άγρια κληρονομιά της κυβωτού του αραράτ, θέμα συπολογιστή, υπολογιστή, εννοούμε να σε περιμένουμε για την λειτουργία. Σε τροχιά, οριστική, διαστρική, έστω και ασύλληπτη.